0: Welcome back. We're Family Court Watch Missouri, a team of advocates who have been in the system and have lived to tell about the negative, life-changing effect it's had on our family, our children's psychological well-being, our health, our careers, and our bank accounts. In this podcast mini-series, we're telling stories of protective parents in their own words. Family Court Watch Missouri believes the information in these stories is authentic to the best of our knowledge and as such, it may include the absence of some key information to help protect the parent and children. This is for informational and educational purposes only, so please speak to an attorney for legal advice. After this series of stories is told, we'll be sharing beneficial information for maneuvering through family courts. Today, we're telling Faith's story. My judge was Deborah Alessi, who said she retired. She was on the bench making huge decisions with lung and brain cancer and had a stroke and a heart attack. I have screenshots of her public Facebook posts about these diagnoses. Side note, as a team member of Family Court Watch, I can add that I too have seen these posts on Facebook about her health, and they do exist. Although while we were paying by the hour for attorneys, she would sit in chambers and talk about her health. I believed she had retired until I was reading in a news article the horrific decision she made in the criminal case of Cameron Swoboda. Swoboda, age 26, of St. Peter's, was arrested for plotting to kill Hispanic and Black people and Black Lives Matter protesters. Police found six grenades, two pipe bombs, landmines, and 1,200 rounds of ammunition Judge Deborah Alessi suspended a seven year sentence for Swoboda and gave him credit for jail time served while placing him on probation for five years. She was the one to make the decision. So she didn't retire. She just moved from family court to criminal court. I don't think she's fit to be on the bench, a belief which my attorney agreed and he said many other attorneys were saying the same thing. Alessi always agreed with the guardian ad litem in my case. When I say she didn't care, I'm referring to the guardian ad litem who had been given free reign by the judge. I'm three years into this process of trying to get divorced and have never had the opportunity to stand before a judge and testify or present evidence. Assuming that there are mostly reasonable judges, and that may not always be the case, A judge may have no idea what is happening with the case. The guardian's ad litem seemed to be out of control. Perhaps the judges have no idea. My guardian ad litem didn't care that my and my children's abuser didn't follow our child Quincy's safety plan and told our children they were possessed with a demon. The guardian ad litem said she wasn't concerned if he did say it, but she didn't believe he did. Even though what he said was in writing, and he is admitted to this in mediation. She didn't care when Trey developed seven urinary tract infections after visits with his father because his dad didn't catheterize Trey properly. Trey had no UTIs when only the school and I catheterized him for a year. Another problem we had was when the facilitator for supervised visits didn't feel she or my children were safe around my ex, so he was kicked out of supervised visits. The GAL had my ex's friends supervise instead. If a trained professional didn't feel she could keep the kids safe, why would one think an untrained person could do so? My ex was hotlined by a doctor, a school teacher, and a counselor for sexual abuse disclosures by two of our children, but our GAL didn't believe it happened. A child has no point of reference for making up such heinous abuse as that which they detailed. Why does the Missouri legislature allow GALs unbridled power when they are not experts in domestic abuse, child abuse, child sexual abuse, or psychological issues? Quincy ran away while in her dad's care and he left the area and drove 20 miles away, never looking for her. Instead, he called me and told me what happened and that I needed to go find her in the pouring down rain during cold temperatures. Of course I did it. Alessi nor the GAL cared. Through my lawyer, Alessi said, if I wanted financial support, I had to move back into the marital house. A house in the middle of the woods on 30 acres with my abuser, who would likely kill me? When my attorney asked for help with marital bills in my name, Alessi said, that mom can file for bankruptcy. My ex made around 300,000 a year and was capable of supporting the children we had together. Instead, the judge decided to place our financial burden on the taxpayers and force me to decline my responsibility of paying businesses the money due them by recommending I file for bankruptcy. None of Alessi's decisions were right. The Missouri State Legislature needs to know what is going on in family court and they need to stop the misconduct. On one hand, we had the state protecting us by providing a home with an address registered elsewhere so my husband couldn't find us. And on the other hand, we had the judge telling me I needed to move back into the family home with him. Protective parents are becoming the taxpayer's burdens when the abusive parents have the financial means to help care for their children. Also, conservative Republicans, the supposed backbone of family values and protecting innocent lives, are the ones pushing for 50-50 custody being the starting place for all divorce proceedings, reducing financial help from the father and limiting the number of years for child support and spousal support, regardless of need or means ignoring the need to protect victims of domestic abuse. Which reminds me, over the weekend, Senator Bob Onder from the state of Missouri was seen on social media with pictures of a proponent of uh, the group who is pushing for these 50-50 custody being starting the starting place for all divorce proceedings. Now, our law already provides that judges can start with the 50-50 custody if they see fit. But this law will say all divorce proceedings start 50-50 custody. And so where does that leave women or men who are leaving domestic abuse and trying to keep their children safe when it's already so hard to prove that abuse is happening because they never look at the evidence? Family court does not consider criminal actions as criminal, they just consider it as a difference in parenting styles. So again, if you're concerned about this, I highly suggest you contact Senator Bob Onder and let him know that for children's sake and for domestic abuse survivors, this is not a good law. The law already provides what these parents are asking for and so it doesn't need to be changed in that regard. Alessi had no understanding that I left for safety reasons, death threats and attempts and dark, psychotic, bizarre sexual abuse of the children. These were criminal offenses that would be tried in criminal court. in criminal court if the offenses hadn't been tied to a divorce case. In family court, crimes are considered high-conflict divorces with no way to pursue criminal charges against the abuser. Lastly, this year, my ex is making one-fourth more income than previous years, but wants me to continue using the free system to feed the children so he can save his six-figure checking account for a rainy day. He is a narcissistic abuser with untreated schizoaffective disorder who has no right frontal lobe and pops bovine adrenaline like jelly beans. He is incapable of being reasonable. Although I was trying to protect the children from having to be alone with him, I look back and wonder how we survived. I thought a family court judge would help protect the children and me. I was wrong. They are helping him continue the abuse and he fully delights in it. The court professionals refuse to listen to the experts regarding my ex. After three years, I see that family court treats protective parents and innocent children as less than, not worthy of dignity, respect, or the justice the law affords them to use on behalf of the oppressed. This is the end of Faith's story. Thank you for listening to Family Court Watch. Tune in next time for the wisdom Esther will share in the middle of another messy family court case involving domestic abuse.